Alright, welcome to another wonderful, incredible episode of Guitar Wank Podcast. And I'm sitting here with a extravagant, i got to think of some better words for you. But Bruce, introduce yourself. That's probably the best way to do it. Hi, my name is Bruce Foreman. I like outdoor sports and hot tubs with voluptuous women. <laughs> okay. That's it? Uh, I'm the best guitar player in the world in my price range. <laughs> Great. Scott, you want to introduce yourself? I'm Scott Henderson. Where's your, hold on, where's your mic? Right here. But it's under your t-shirt. No, it's not. <laughs> it shouldn't be. What did you do in the that's, bathroom? That's awesome. Okay. What did you do in the bathroom? There you go. <laughs> I'm Scott. Scott. And I give this podcast a seven because it had a good beat and I could dance to it. <laughs> Kind of makes sense, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, we have some explaining to do because the last couple of podcasts, and we are recording this in a recording studio, which is even more so hilarious because some of the other podcasts, the sound hasn't been correct, but we were experimenting. Well, correct is a judgment. I don't yes. know that some people might have thought it was correct, where others just. No, it was clearly wasn't oh, correct. Okay, okay. I'm just, <laughs> it was really engineered. Do you think it has anything to do with you, that you're a shit engineer? Well, <laughs> I got a new plug-in called Tunnel, and I wanted to put me and Scott in the tunnel, and I wanted to make Bruce stand out last time. And so it. that's what it sounded like? Yeah, it sounded like me and Scott were way over there, and Bruce was really close. But I wanted to make sure people were listening. Okay, well, obviously, we, we're trying to, we're trying to uh, facilitate some sort of change and mitigate any problems that are coagulating around. <laughs> mitigate and coagulating are words that jazz guitarists just don't know. Don't so know stop pretending you know what those mean. <laughs> I don't know if any guitarist Okay, I'm trying those. to cultivate uh, my mitigation on this. <laughs> I've got something you can cultivate right here. <laughs> It's too early for a drink. Shit, I didn't bring my magnifying glass. <laughs> so anyway, so we, we are, thank you to was Sennheiser, who has come on board. Thank God. And we're using these lavalier? Lavalier? <laughs> lavalier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, you can Lavatory get rid of that with, with penicillin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, lavatory. Yeah, we, we, yeah, lavatory, lavatory mics. mics. We got lavatory mics, just like the ones that... Leslie Nielsen wore to the lavatory in, in oh, uh, right. what was it, Police Squad, I think. Mm-hmm. Or was it Airplane? Naked Gun. Naked, Naked Gun. Gun, yeah. That was good. And also, um, did that's you the stuff. Yeah. That is the stuff. The guy just died from Naked Gun, too. Yeah, George what? Kennedy. Yeah. He died yesterday. Oh, no. Really? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. I yeah. love George Kennedy, yeah. man. He was great in those he, movies. He yeah. was really cool. Um, yeah. And also, that, what was that documentary where that guy murdered his, his best mate? And the whole documentary, he's lying about it. And then he goes to the toilet at the end of the documentary. And he forgets to take off the lav, the lav mic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like talking to himself in the bathroom. And he admits, he's like, oh, God, they nearly caught me. I can't believe you got away with this. You can't. <laughs> and they're like, oh, my God, he just yeah. spilled the beans. Anyway, we'll be doing that too. When okay. you guys go to the Remind me when I go to the bathroom. Take it off. So anyway, we're getting to our audio 
problems. We're just working stuff out. Right. We're making sure is listeners. Is this boring are for everybody? I don't know. No, this is, reminds me of a funny story. But I can't mention names, but it's funny. Tell it. Can you mention well, names a, next well, there's episode? A ba- there's, no, there's a bass player. He's a famous bass player in LA, and he was doing a session for a very, very famous singer, right. songwriter. And uh, he had just kissed the songwriter's ass and told him what a great song that he was so privileged to be working on this song. And then when the songwriter went back into the studio, he said to the drummer, God, this thing is a piece of shit, right? <laughs> you don't want to say that when there's a room full of open mics. And of course, the songwriter in the booth heard it, and the guy was fired immediately. <laughs> now, was it a big songwriter? Big. Really? And the bass player's very famous studio bass player. Yeah. Can I take a guess? Would no, you tell me if I guess? No, no, because it's a private thing. I don't want to get. I don't want to embarrass the guy further. But it's just, it's just funny. That's good. Because <laughs> you got to be kind of dumb to say things in a room full of open microphones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna. No, that's not like smart. now. You mean? Yeah, like right now. Like oh, now. okay. <laughs> So, what else do we have to talk about? So we it's got the Super complaints. Tuesday. This is the Super Tuesday version of Guitar Way. Oh, it is the Super Tuesday version. Right, we don't know who won. This is we know our... that the country right now is still somewhat stable. We have eight Supreme Court justices. <laughs> Everything's going along just like planned, like clockwork. Right. And For... tomorrow the KKK is going to rule the whole nation. Maybe, perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> is that 3000 KKK? Is that what that stands for? Yeah, yeah. No, that's still, I use no, that in my EQ. No, thousand. I like to no, add is five KKK to K my is guitar. K right? is a hundred. Oh, it's three hundred. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's three M would be three thousand. I'm not yeah. Roman, okay. so I don't yeah. know. I often add five KKK to my tone. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just trying to think of all the things we have to address. So we we got the complaints. Which was they were really complaints. Some people liked it. Like some people complain where the podcasts are too short. Some people complain they're too long. Some people said they were just right. This is like Goldilocks I get, or something. I like the one that said, I've got stuff to do. The podcast is too long. And I was like thinking, well, you could hit pause and do your stuff. <laughs> Isn't that Come what back. the whole podcast thing later. is all about? This is like those people like at the restaurant. It's one person says, the food's horrible. And the other person says, yeah, but the portions are so small. <laughs> Yeah, so the whole point of a podcast is that you get to listen to it on your time whenever you want. Exactly. Right. And if you don't like it, please just tell somebody you hate. <laughs> so that was, I think that was the main things we had to address. Yeah. And we're... we're and undress. And we've and, done that. <laughs> we've done that before. Um, oh, our sponsors. We've got some new sponsors, which is fantastic. They're coming on board like... Uh, which flies of course we shit. mentioned flies to shit. <laughs> we mentioned we mentioned Sennheiser, obviously. Sennheiser, thank you, Sennheiser. That's we have, why we sound so good today. We have the uh, Fishman with their with their amazing MIDI guitar thing, and triple play, and they're putting this up as a prize for our yes, big competition. Yes, yes, they're going to give away a triple play MIDI converter uh, as a prize for our contest, which and is really cool. How does that work? You put that on your guitar, and um, it, it's actually got a very nice mounting system where you don't have to use any kind of adhesive on your guitar to mar the finish. It, it, it hooks up to the guitar in a really cool way. And then you've got a little pickup that slides in between the treble pickup and the bridge, mm-hmm. which creates magnetic signal to MIDI. And for me, it was a great help in writing charts for 
my play-along version of my album because I couldn't really put that out unless there was guitar charts. And when I write, I don't write charts for myself because I memorize the music, but I needed to write some charts. So the cool thing about this is I could just play the, play the tunes on my guitar and Digital Performer, which is a software that I use, just writes the music, done. And awesome. fix a few things here and there and hit print write a few chord symbols out, you know, but mainly the cool thing is when you when you really want to get inside the music and you want to find out what's going on, A minor 7 doesn't cut it. You know, if there's a particular voicing that makes that melody sound good, you want to know what that voicing is and all the voicings are written out. Oh, wow. And you can see every single thing that's going on in those chords and it's really cool if you if you're trying to learn the tune. Yeah, are you you're putting the the chords in. You're not putting the solos, right? Just the chords. No, not the solos. The solos just are blank measures with chord symbols written above them, you know, so they can just solo over those changes. Okay. And and uh, you know, on the play along version, if there was a a section that had comping, I included the comping on a separate track, so they could have the comping at whatever volume they want to play. But oh, the beauty awesome. of the the Fishman thing is. To, I would have had to write those charts by hand, which would have taken me forever, or I would have had to enter the, the notes from my little MIDI keyboard, which would have also taken forever. And since I did play them on guitar, it was just so easy just to play the music on the guitar. Were you doing it in and, real time? Uh, yeah, in real time. Wow. I might have slowed it down a little bit, right. but play it in real time, and then uh, go in there and see what it printed. And if I found, you know, like on any MIDI device, sometimes you'll hit a note, and then there'll be a little soft friend with it mm -hmm. that is actually not heard, but it might show up on the music. So you say, okay, that note's not supposed to be there, and you right. just erase that one note or something like that. But basically, wow, it sure made things easy for me. And, and another thing that I really love about MIDI is that you can solo at any tempo you want and then speed it up. Mm. So you can sound like, like I would take something like Giant Steps, slow it way down, mega slow, like half or even a quarter of the tempo that it's supposed to be play with my MIDI sound and then speed it back up to regular tempo and listen and I go okay that sounds really cool that's what I want to sound like I've just got to learn how to navigate this stuff faster right, right? then I get it a little increase the tempo and stuff and it really kind of helps you hear things that you wouldn't normally get to hear it's very hard to do that with audio yeah and you can use any kind of sound you want. You can be a trumpet player. You can be a piano player. You can be an organ player. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It's a really fun device and, and really useful with writing. Another thing, if you're using it for writing, if you're writing on guitar, you actually have to physically learn that, that thing you're doing before you can record it and then later come back and go, oh, I don't even like it. And it's, It took me all that time. If you're writing with MIDI, and you have like somewhat of a guitar sound or keyboard sound, you can go in there and change one note, make this chord this, make this chord that, um, change the voicing or change the whole thing, transpose it, do all kinds of stuff to it without having to physically learn it under your fingers while you're writing, right. which takes much longer. Yeah, yeah. And I've always, even when I record guitar audio, I always record the bass MIDI. Then I can just go in there and change a bass note here, change a bass note there, and give the whole thing a different flavor if I want to. Yeah. So a so, great yeah. writing tool. A wonderful writing tool, yeah. That's a pretty badass prize. Did we make a stipulation that we can't enter the competition? <laughs> did we do that? I can't remember. If we did. did I talk too long about that? It's, yeah, I'm just really... 
<laughs> I just think they've really come a long way because I remember the Roland ones and they worked pretty good. Uh, with these. I had the Roland one and I was actually, yeah. I took the place of the keyboard player in the band. Mm-hmm. And like what Jennifer I was like had, milliseconds behind everyone else. Well, you know, Jennifer did a, <laughs> it didn't work. a really good job with Jeff Beck with, I believe she was using the Roland yeah, stuff. The original. She, yeah. she sounded great with Jeff Beck doing all the keyboard parts on guitar. But I think this triple play, and I believe she might even be an endorser of the triple play. Right. It's quite a bit even more accurate than the Roland. She's so it's pretty happening. She's pretty midi good. She's a midi queen, right? She's the midi queen. She knows all that stuff. That's she's awesome. she's amazing. Yeah. Awesome, um, Bruce. Who else is one of our sponsors that we'd like to mention today for the kids at home? Oh, Bruce. oh sorry, <laughs> sorry. Did somebody say midi? I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. He uses midi a lot in his in his bebop work. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'm just old school. I just I'm cheap. I practice. I don't buy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I look at all my pedals. I can yeah. just say how much uh, I'm not Yeah, you know, I think all the money I've got now, but how few people like my playing. But anyways, um, yeah, other sponsors. We got My Music Masterclass. We got Jim Dunlop Prime Tone Picks. We got Daddario Strings. We've just got a lot we of got great Sir. sponsors. We, we got like Sir Guitar. Sir Guitar. That, that's a huge one. And that's Sir is one. actually giving away one of their really cool pedals. It's a tremolo pedal called the Jack Rabbit. Right. And it's a cool pedal because it doesn't do just regular tremolo. It does that kind of totally right. cut off stutter. square wave yep. uh, stutter tremolo, which is very useful for a cool effects. That's and a great stuff effect. Like that. I love that. Yeah, it's a good pedal. So they're giving that away. That's cool. We've got Wireworld cables, which oh, right. we make great cables. cables. Right. And um, yeah, they're giving us like a hundred and something dollar cable away, which is cool. cool. And don't forget Vivid Entertainment. They're giving away some of their uh, models. <laughs> <laughs> do we get do we get to see that before I, I don't know they didn't tell me oh jesus all these pre wow pre, pre things wow but um well that's cool so we got a lot of good stuff there of, coming we're up almost a store now. just people all let's get involved let's make a big party out of this you we know should. we really appreciate all the support i mean i know a lot of people are downloading it because itunes wouldn't lie about a thing like that and um yeah apple would never lie about anything right, right. You know, I, you know. Well, even if they did, they wouldn't write a program to tell you that they did, right? Yes. That's what they would do. And so, uh, <laughs> and if anybody, you know, we really appreciate the support and more support, you know, if they want to buy some merch from Guitar Wink. I'm wearing my Guitar Wink t-shirt now. It's amazing. And uh, it's really cool. And we got Guitar Wink mega cups mega. for your coffee in the morning. And, you know, that that helps us out. And buy, buy CDs, Scott CDs, you know, they're... Yeah. That helps him a lot. Yeah, I know the new CD from Scott. And I was Bruce. over at his house today, and those dogs are looking really skinny. I think they need more food. So, you know, um, how many dogs you got? Three. Three. What kind of dogs are they? Uh, German short-haired pointer and an Aussie, like you. An Aussie sh- and a blue healer. Uh, well, he's no, got a regular shepherd. Yeah, shepherd? A regular Australian shepherd. Good dogs. Tricolor. Yeah. And um and and a little rat dog, which is a chapoodle. Just, her name's Joy, but we call her Rat Dog. Rat Dog, yeah. And she's a she's a yapper, you know. I'm not a, a fan of little dog. dogs like that. Like Penny, our dog. I'm not a fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need a big. I need a dog. A dog that looks like a dog. Give I'll me bring a cat. Buster over here. He'll. He's big. Oh, he's he's a horse. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. I like that because of dogs. Yeah. But they're looking skinny, so if you know, buy some CDs and yeah. help us CDs. out and keep this going because and it's it's really been a learning curve to 
put out a podcast a week. You know, it's just been, it's amazing. Uh, it seems so easy at the beginning. This is great. We've been talking about, we spent a whole half hour talking about our podcast. <laughs> Did we? This is cool. People, I'm sure, follow the same note. This is really, just this, tune well, in hey, and we'll talk about our podcast. Maybe we found it. It's the cure for insomnia. <laughs> This, if this half hour doesn't put you to sleep, nothing will. Well, you know, we're doing the best we can, folks. It's like it's like a show about nothing. <laughs> sorry, my Siri went off. Yes, I'm sorry I can't put you to sleep. Yeah, as much or as something said. like that, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, yeah. it's because your balls are vibrating. Don't keep it in your front pocket, man. Siri, does this podcast have any value whatsoever? Podcast matching have any value whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Thanks, Siri. Thanks, Siri. She, she probably doesn't even know guitar wank podcast if you ask her. Yeah, well, we should, we should well, ask her we'll, we'll get around to that. Yeah. All right. So we've got our sponsors. We're getting the sound worked out. Hey, everybody. Yeah. This is our, you know, this is our eighth issue. So we're kind of taking care of house cleaning here. Right. You know, those of you who've, who've been loyal fans, we hope you'll stay. And if, like I say, if not, uh, it's been nice knowing you. Yeah. We, we have been told we're getting a thousand downloads, over a thousand downloads a day. Yes. Well over. I think we're up to yeah. 1,700 now. Oh, wow. Is what Doug said. But, um, and, I, and there have been people who said, you know, it makes their week. Which I'm really, I feel sad for. Really, I've seen that. That's that kind of sad, isn't it? I've I saw it too. Actually, Brett. On Facebook. Brett Gasset, who I love, Brett, one of my favorite guitar players in Australia. He loves it. And thank you, Brett. Yeah, he said made his week. Brett Ross. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, but Brett's high all the time. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> but, you still, know, I'm, I'm, hey. We'll take high. Come to one of my gigs. It's the only way you can endure it. I, I did have some questions regarding the two-tone um, two notes two notes sorry two notes right. is it two notes.com i think it's two notes engineering.com i might be wrong about google that. it just google two notes and you'll find them I went there and I was. Yeah. I wanted to buy their rack thing because it looks so amazing after yeah. hearing what you talked about. The they cab. make a few different yeah. ones. They make the reload. They make the torpedo live. They make uh, amazing a few stuff. things. Yeah. But if you don't want to spend that big a bucks, you can get the software, right? And sure. That's, that's what you use. That's what I use. Okay. Yeah. People asking about that because the software is basically free. Yeah. Um, all you have to do to unlock the software and make it not a demo is buy one of their speakers. And that's oh. only four bucks. Oh, that's awesome. So basically you get the software for four bucks. <laughs> right. And then all you need is a load box. And that's very important. You yeah. gotta get a good one. So I would recommend the Sur reactive load box. Yeah. Because that's what you're plugging you're actually plugging your amp into. Yeah, so it's pretty important. That's very important. And one of the reasons that Sur 
um, you know, no disrespect to two notes because they make a very good one too. But my favorite is the Sir. Mm -hmm. And um, I've compared it to a real speaker as far as dynamics because that's usually the problem when you have a resistive load versus a reactive load. The reactive load is exactly what it implies. It's very reactive to your picking. Mm -hmm. uh, when, you, when you pick soft, I can pick so soft that I cannot even hear the note. And then as I gradually increase the velocity, I start to hear the speaker. And then when I pick loud, it gets louder and louder. And it's just like a speaker. Can't wow. tell the difference. And that's what's so great about it. That's awesome. So when you plug out of your load box, has a line out, plug that into your computer mm -hmm. and use one of the IRs as a plug-in. Are you going out of the load box like of, audio into the computer. Yes, right? out of the Lightbox audio into your DA converter. Right. Or ADTD converter yep. into your computer. And then you have the wall of sound, which is the two-note software, as a plug-in in one of your tracks. Yeah. Yep. And, and you have uh, whatever IR you've loaded in, whatever speaker you've got loaded in to the software. And there you go. You're playing through a real speaker or a virtual speaker which is basically a copy of a real speaker. And in the tracks, I can't hear the difference. Wow. That's how good it is. That's how good the technology that's, that's is right badass. now. That's so yeah, for all those guys who would like to crank up their marshals, but they can't do it because the police are going to come, you can do it at home it. and uh, still get the same great tone. Your, your tubes are hot and melting and sounding good, and, and uh, the police do not show up at your house. That's right. If your tubes are too hot, or maybe your tubes are already tired, we hope you're listening to Guitar Wang Podcasts. Thank you so much for all the support. We really appreciate it. And uh, we just wanted to take this moment to remind you, if you want to enter the competition, go to the website, buy a t-shirt, buy a mug. That's your entry into the competition. Take a picture of you or your missus, which Scott would really like and uh, post it, display it on the website so we can see it and we will pick a bunch of winners and you're up for some amazing prizes from all our sponsors Sir, Exotic, uh, Wireworld Cables, Dead Area Strings, Dunlop, um, Fishman uh, I think I got all of them some really, really great prizes so we'll list them on the website but grab a t-shirt, grab a mug display it and uh, do something fun and uh, we'll pick some winners really appreciate all the support keep it coming keep the reviews coming and uh, we hope you're enjoying Guitar Wank Podcasts alright Guitar Wankopedia this week Bruce who are we inducting into Guitar Wankopedia well this week I'm going to give you a two for one because uh, I've got two guys who are really great players who happen to be on staff with me at USC that I, I just feel like I can put them together because we're all this family. <laughs> uh, first is Frank Potenza, who's the chair of our department. He's a great jazz guitarist. He was a protege of Joe Pass. Wow. And he's, uh, he's just a real special player. He played with Gene Harris, was one of his main gigs on the road for a long time. And he's a, a great player. And the other guy is Pat Kelly, who yep. who comes from Tulsa. He's in L.A. now. He's a very versatile player, does a lot of styles, sings real well as well. He was uh, in George Benson's band for a long time. He was in Natalie Cole's band for a long time. Damn. And uh, he's just a solid pro, but a great jazz player and a great rock player. 
and gets a great sound. So I think both Frank and Pat are, I'm just really honored to be on staff with them at school. And this is at USC, right? Yes, USC. In Where the is Studio USC? Jazz Guitar California, Downtown? University of Southern California. Right. Which some people used to call, started calling University of Spoiled Children because <laughs> it's a private but, school. And then it's down in downtown, sort of south downtown LA, and I call it the University of Scared Caucasians. <laughs> and that makes a lot of sense if anyone knows <laughs> that part of the world. <laughs> I like it. That's why I don't go there. All right. Awesome. You're that and you can't get in. Yeah, I can't get yeah, in. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, guys. And you can't afford it. I can't afford it. Yeah, I can't afford it. And, uh, yeah, I can't. Yeah, I just can't. Well, another another fan said that Bruce was asking, when you guys are just watching TV and playing and newly, what are you guys doing? He wanted a little bit more about, you know, sitting in front of the, the TV, Bruce. I'll throw that to you. Uh, well, I, I generally plug into a load box, and then I put my VF over my PTL. Sounds like a load of shit, is what it sounds like. <laughs> and then I and then I generally use the ROF to the PMT, and then we get a little BM going there, and then uh, no, basically, <laughs> basically what I do is I just sit and play my guitar while I'm watching. Usually it's a football game or a baseball game or a basketball game, and I'm just playing. And more often than not, I just stop paying attention to the game and I just get into what I'm doing. But every now and then I kind of look up and watch the game, and then I sort of just practice finger exercises and whatever. And there's rare moments where it seems like I'm playing with the game, but that's sort of like those magic moments in music that are very elusive. I'm just playing, and I kind of get into what I'm playing, and then I kind of pay attention to the game and sort of practice finger exercises, arpeggios, whatever, and then kind of get into some musical idea or get bored with the game and kind of move back and forth. It's just yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. Right? Some depends every day. It changes. It changes you know? yeah. There's just, no set thing that you should be doing. No, no. I mean, you shouldn't be doing it, but it's like I do it. Okay, right. so there. Now, I, I, I wrote, I actually did some homework. Jason Longshore has a question for Scott and Bruce. Oh, I want to get, I want to elaborate on that though, playing in front of the TV. Oh, okay. Because it does something for me. It, what, it, his Bruce playing in mention. front of the TV? No, his no, playing in TV does nothing is, for is me. Like <laughs> I've heard him play in front of the TV before, as I can do without it. I'd rather <laughs> hear him play at the gig. <laughs> no, what it does for me is that, is that, it reminds me to pay attention to other things besides myself. Mm. That's all. Right. It's like I'm playing and it makes what I'm playing seem effortless because I'm not so concentrated and judgmental about it. Looking at the fretboard Where, like Bruce was In other words, like if way. I'm sitting there practicing and it's just me, I tend to sort of hone in and get more judgmental and self-critical about what I'm playing, and that's not a good thing. Hmm. I want to be reminded that when I'm playing, I'm playing with other musicians, and I should be concentrating just as much on what they're playing as what I'm playing. So when I concentrate on TV, it's sort of like there's a third person in the room or a second person in the room. Right. It's like I'm playing for them. You know, I'm not necessarily playing off them, but the noise of what they're doing distracts me a little bit from what I'm doing. It doesn't make me pay 100% attention to myself. Mm. Just like if I was on stage, I'd be paying attention to what the drummer plays and what the bass player plays somewhat. Right. Not 100%, but back and forth. 
So yeah. having that extra voice in the room just sort of reminds me that hey, you're you're not a solo guitarist. It's a this is a team effort. It's like I'm. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, um, it's just something. It's just like an external noise that reminds me not to to, to hone in on the fretboard and just judge myself mm -hmm. while I'm practicing. And it seems like I play some of my best stuff when I'm not trying to play good. <laughs> you know, yeah. the more I try to play good, the worse I play, and the more sort of like I don't care. And maybe that's a bad way to. I don't want to say I don't care, but just to make it effortless. Like, here I am, I'm just playing, it's just a normal day, I'm playing some stuff, and all of a sudden I find myself playing some badass shit, and I'm not even trying, because maybe my attention is on the TV. Maybe it's because you're not paying attention to what you're doing, you think <laughs> yeah, it's badass. That's right. <laughs> really. Exactly. You know, maybe you wouldn't want to, yeah. you know. Yeah, maybe if I paid I, attention, I'd say this You know, sucks. it was weird, because this, 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 this basketball team called me up and complained about his practice. <laughs> All right, but, we're going to move on. Did that answer that question enough? Sure, I yeah. I, I think you beat it pretty yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, beat beat it to, the, to, to death? Yeah, okay, beat it good. to submission. We're going to go to a question by one of our supporters, Jason or not. <laughs> Jason Longshore asked for a question for Scott and Bruce. Do you have any suggestions, exercises for improving timing? I'm already married to the metronome set on two and four, but I'm having trouble with timing over changes while being melodic. What do you suggest to those of mere mortals who are woodshedding jazz in our bedroom? Send $15 for answer. <laughs> MyMusicMasterclass.com Yeah, I mean, I really, I wonder, I mean, it's great that you're working with the metronome, and I use the metronome for what he's talking about. Uh, the metronome, to me, is great to play with. Not, It's not really about developing perfect time. It's about interacting with something else. Remind, you know, getting you to, while you're working on your playing, while you're playing, to hear... A, you just got a good drummer playing a hi-hat there, and you're just playing along with it. Uh, in terms of developing your timing, and if it's not coming out the way you want, you just and you and you're okay with your metronome, then I just think you need to be. You need to hear what you really want to do. I mean, I think it just comes down to maybe you're playing stuff that you're thinking rather than hearing. Because I can't believe if you truly heard a melodic phrase and then could play it with the metronome, it would come out with good timing, it would come out with good swing. It's when you're thinking a phrase, then it's just going to come out any way your hands want it. You know, you're, whatever the mechanics do, that's what you get. If you're hearing a phrase, it's pretty easy to get your timing together, especially if, if the guy is married to his metronome, although it must have been a hell of a honeymoon, man, you know. Um, <laughs> What does he feed her? A couple batteries every anniversary or something? I don't know. But, you know, it's like kind of learn to hear what you want to hear and then, then, then details be, create that sound and be, be, be fairly not critical but j demanding that you get what you're hearing. I think the breakdown in this guy is either he's not hearing what he's playing or he's not sufficiently demanding of getting the details together. Because if, if the metronome is cool, he obviously has no issue with meter, steady meter.
I have a, I have a, I'm not, not to put the question down, but it is a kind of a loaded question because I don't really, it, he could be meaning several different things by timing. Mm. Timing could either mean rushing and dragging on purpose to create a certain feeling, or it could mean that he doesn't have, he's not happy with his rhythmic vocabulary, that he thinks he could play off himself more and create more rhythmic development. I mean, he could mean a lot of things. I'm not really sure what he's asking. Right. But, but one thing I do know is that I think if he taped himself and listened back to himself, he would learn a lot. Because often that when we play, we don't hear ourselves. But when you listen back to yourself, that's when you hear where the problems are. So tape, tape like a good 10 minutes of himself playing and then listen back. And if there's something you don't like, then you know what to fix. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I do that all the time. I tape myself playing and I don't usually like what I hear. <laughs> so that's what makes me, that's what inspires me the most to fix shit. Because I, I listen back and I go, well, that was a poor decision right there. Why the hell did you do that? Or, ooh, I'm rushing right here. Got to watch that. You know, when something, sometimes when something's a little too hard to play and I know it's hard to play, I tend to play, I tend to rush. Mm. You know, because I know it's difficult, so, oh boy, I better try harder, end up rushing. And I find that in my playing sometimes, that I rush ahead. So it, it, I'm usually not a dragger. I'm more of a rusher if I'm playing badly. Right. Do, you, do you guys have situations <laughs> yeah. where, you, you like a run or it might be a lick or something, but you can play it at a fast speed, but playing at a slower speed, you struggle with it? You know, there's all sorts of things like that, but it really comes back, i got to say, to hearing it. If you're hearing it, in context with what's going on around it, you know, you're not going to have those problems if you really hear it. Now, I totally agree that that oftentimes what we're hearing in our head and what comes out of the guitar is not the same thing. And that's a very good point. Always tape yourself often to hear what's happening. But if you truly hear it, chances are you're going to hear it in context with what's going on around it and then demand that that's what you get. Also, I can promise you one thing. Working on your timing. Coming from the, coming from the attitude of, I have bad time, I have to fix it. Whether you rush drag, whether you're just stiff, whatever it is, I can promise you that that's the worst that's going to give you bad musical output. I've had lots of students... We all need to work on our time. There's nobody that doesn't need to develop better time on the face of the earth. It's just the way it is. But you also need confidence and none of this pussy, my time, I need to work on my time. Because everybody who's working on their time gets more tentative and sucks worse. Make, say this to yourself, my time is okay. Uh, it's just got to get better and play from confidence. Learn to hear what you're playing and make it happen and listen to what's going on around you. If you happen to have a band that you've got a great player who's playing time, let them help you. Ride that groove. If you've got a metronome, it's playing steady time. Let it help you. But be strong in what you do. Don't be, I got to work on my time. I got to work on my time. It's just going to make a bunch of mistakes and neuroses and a bunch of bullshit that doesn't need to be in the process of playing music. That's a really good point because I know I've done that in the past. I've watched numerous students go down the toilet Yeah. because my time sucks. Well, yeah. You know, how many years you've been playing? 
Your time's as good as it is. But I don't need you worrying about your time sucking. I need you on the bandstand playing the best you can yeah. and learning because I'll help you because my time may be a little better because I've been playing longer and playing with more guys. Mm-hmm. Let me help. You know, get rid of this. I do suck. I, my timing sucks. You know, God. <laughs> I have you to know, say that I've never, diapers. I've never worked on time in my whole life. I, I, I never have worked on it. Same as picking. You know, people always ask me, well, what do you do when you pick? And I go, I don't know. I never pay any attention to you it. You can't bear to look. It just, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you know, it's like I don't, I'm not a technique guy. Or they say, like, what, what, what do you do with, what, what picking technique do you use? And I go, I have no idea. Or like, how'd you work on your time? I don't know. I never did. Hmm. Just played a lot. You know, yet I'm not saying that my time doesn't have problems because, like I said, that little problem I have that when I try to play something difficult, sometimes I'll rush a little bit, you know, or sometimes when I'm, I get a little hyper because of high volume, you know, you get that super nervous energy when things are really loud sometimes. And sometimes in those situations, I would tend to rush a little bit more. When it's softer, I tend to, it's easier to lay back. Sometimes the nervous energy gets you. But I don't consider those time problems because I consider them, they, they sort of are caused by external circumstances. You know, normally my time is fine. And I think most people will develop a, a good sense of time if they just play all the time. Yeah. You know, if they just do it all the time. It's, and play th- with good people. Let yeah. people help you. Let people train you. You're learning about time when you're listening to yeah. music. You're learning about time when you're playing music. And... And you know, I today we spent an afternoon playing two tracks. Well, the time was steady all the time. It was fine. There's no problem there. I play with click tracks on. I play with the metro. I play with click tracks on recording sessions all the time. I also play with bands. And you know, the truth be told, when it gets a little intense, the music it usually speeds up a tiny bit. There's just a front end to it. And in general, most of your records you'll find that weren't done to a click. Yeah, they they kind of in the hotter moments they pick up and then you'll notice as they come out of their solo it sort of slows back down a little bit and that's a natural thing that has a wonderful feeling why should that. that be taken away from me because the metronome doesn't agree with it if the band moves together and everything fits with what's happening that's great time that's yeah so really again my problem with the whole world is we bring too much expectation and judgment to play. Expectation is bullshit because you expect something to happen. That means you're not really in the moment of, of where you are. And then you're always disappointed because it never comes out the way you want. So now you're, you're wrestling between the bears of what is and what you expected. And you're not in either one. You're, you're just somewhere else, which is nowhere to be if you have other humans trying to play music with you. The second thing is judgment. You just say, oh, my time sucks. This sucks. Oh, I, would, I just screwed that up. I'm, you know, It just makes you cop out. It pulls you completely out of your responsibility to make great music. I'm not saying don't be judgmental. I mean, don't be demanding is what I mean. Demand yourself badassitude. You know, the highest level of playing. Remember what you screwed up. Go fix it tomorrow. I'm not saying, oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. It's the best I can do. Bullshit. No. Do better, better, better all the time. But don't judge shit. 
Just do the best you can and make it better and have integrity. The judgment, it's actually, most people think of judgment as something, and I'm sorry I'm pontificating here, but they think of, they think of judgment as something that's actually going to make them better, when in fact it's a cop-out. By just saying, I suck, you just kind of gave yourself a pass on stinking up the club. No, I got to do better is the answer to that. That's not good enough. That's judgment. Yep. But, oh, I, my time sucked on that one. Okay, now you go have a beer and you can forget <laughs> all Bruce about it. Bruce is really mad right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love mad. it. I mean, I, mean, that's the, right I really now. believe that. You know, I'm sorry. I'm going to say. No, just, I'm not sorry. I'm glad I believe yeah, that. No, no, all you people don't like it, send me an email and I'll send you. Never mind. Flowers. <laughs> you know what? I got to say one more thing to, to, to the, who's, our, who's the guy, Jason? And Jason, um, thank you for the question. We don't think you're a pussy or weird. We're just <laughs> no, being... No, he might be... You know what? I just thought about something. He might be thinking about something completely different. He because probably we all, they all They all do this. There's a lot of guys that have a problem with this, is that they confuse themselves when they play certain rhythms. They can't... They get lost in their own rhythms. Mm. And, and basically, what that is, is like, if you're not able to tap your foot while you're playing a rhythm... That means that you don't understand. Your body doesn't understand the rhythm. You might understand it from a from a intellectual, but your body doesn't understand it. So you have to just play it slow and slow it down until you're able to play that rhythm and tap your foot, and be able to play that rhythm while your foot is completely locked into the music. Because mm. I have a lot of students at MI. They're they're beginners. You know, there's they're guys that really haven't done any gigs or anything, and they're they even have some of them have even had a problem tapping their foot to a song I'm, I'm not kidding i mean a song is playing on itunes and i say tap your foot to the song and they can't do it it just they don't they don't have it and and i have to say well you feel where that is right we get to the point where they can tap their foot to the song okay that's the first step now we're going to try to play quarter notes while you're tapping your foot so your foot is tapping tom 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 and then they pick cut with their foot now i want you to tap against you know quarter notes upbeats quarter mm -hmm. notes so i want you to go dot 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 like that get him to do that then we work into more complicated stuff and sooner or later like okay let's play a rhythm like can you do that and keep your foot going right Mm -hmm. And then finally just get it so they can do it without messing it up. And then I always tell my students, buy a drum book. Yeah. Get a 16th note drum book <clears throat> where you have all these different permutations of 16 notes within the bar. You'll have dut, 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 dut. And then you have dut, 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 dut. And then you'll have dut, 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 dut. You know, all these millions of, of, of permutations of 16th notes and try to play those rhythms while you're tapping your foot. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're able to play anything you want while you tap your foot and you're really locked into the music and your fingers can do whatever they want. Your picking hand can do whatever it wants to. Yeah. And you feel confident. But it does take practice. If you're not, most of these guys that have problem with time, it's not the time they're having problem with. It's the rhythm, the rhythms that they're trying to play. They don't understand them. Their body doesn't understand them. Or they're not listening to what's going on around them. That's right. a huge yeah. one. They're not and listening they, to the groove. Right. right. And that is just, you know, again, basically back to hearing and listening. And also, if you think that you're just going to one day have your time together, 
you're missing the whole point of music because it just doesn't work that way. You, you, you are on a path of continually refining your time and time feel for the rest of your life as a musician. That is your journey. Enjoy it. And there's another thing too about about guys that have trouble with time. Big, big, big difference between playing with the metronome and playing with a real drummer. Yeah, you know, like Amen. there's some guys. Some guys they get used to a drummer who plays, you know, like Ringo Starr or Charlie Watts. You know, they're used to doom, to doom, doom, doom. Yeah, I can keep my time. But then here comes a drummer that's going. And they're like going, oh my God, where's one? Because the or the drums are just so orchestrated in a way that they're just not used to hearing. You know, the, the difference between Dave Garibaldi and, and Charlie Watts, right? There's a lot more sophisticated stuff going on. And then and then, you know, when you when you've played with enough drummers and you can feel the pulse of the time, regardless of what the drummer's doing, unless it's like what we were talking about last week. Oh, where we're the drummer, back here again. We're back right. there again, <laughs> where the drummer just drops an eighth note and picks it up later just to stump the band. Yeah. I wouldn't suggest having to learn how to do that. But if you can play with enough drummers so that you can start feeling where one is, and the snare drum doesn't have to be on two and four every single time, but you just get used to some different grooves. And that's why I love playing with drum machines, because I can program my own drum grooves in them. And what I like to do, which is a lot of fun, is I like to pick a point in the groove and pick a new one. You know what I mean? So the drummer, the drummer's going, it's, it's one groove, but instead of one, I'm going to have one and be that groove. And I'm going to try to hear it as one and being one. And then I'm going to get used to what that groove sounds like there. And then I'll hear three as one. And it just makes my ear sort of conform to different orchestrations of the drums and be able to hear that groove in many different ways. And it's fun. You know, and, and it's really kind of what drummers do because they like to, drummers shouldn't be forced to just play simple stuff so you don't lose your place. A lot of them play some really cool stuff and it's not, it doesn't throw the groove off. It's just a different orchestration of the drums that they're doing that's really fun to play right. with, but you well, can't. Again, I mean, and I know we went over this last week. I mean, I'm assuming we did. I, I really don't <coughs> listen to these podcasts, so I can't really answer. <laughs> I, have, I have to do them. That's bad yeah, enough. Yeah. But, um, you know, it depends on the kind of music. We're talking about music that wants to have a groove, right? <coughs> yes, then the, the central that we have the groove within, reason, within grasp, even when, when it's a little bit elusive at times, it's there, it's implied, it returns. You know, that's what groove music is about. Some music is not about groove. It's about some other multi-textural cross-rhythmic thing. For that, that's the thing that happens. You know? and, and we all have to put our, decide what we're playing with, how we're going to play with it, and learn how to do it. You know? And if you're going to want to play with those kind of music, guys that hide the time all the time and the whole idea is this multi-textured thing then you need to learn to really develop your own sense of you know the inner clock and hear what's going in context with that if you're playing music that's 
got a groove in it, then you need to be able to interact with that groove and play against the groove and play with the groove and understand the nuance and implications that go with that. That's what being a musician is. It's also called being in the moment and playing with what the hell's going on around you. I think there's a big difference, though, between an interesting groove, right, which I, I can name a million drummers that know how to do it, and then what we were talking about last week, just trying to do something so ridiculously off-kilter that no one could possibly follow it. Like, in other words, all of a sudden, drummer decides to go rubato. You know, totally rubato. No... It just, there's nothing Which to lock means, on for to. you, those of you who don't know that phrase, it means out of time. Yeah, just completely out of time. And then there's nothing to lock on to. Uh, so that's what I've been doing for the last five years. Well, you know, I mean, I asked, Den <laughs> I asked Dennis one time, you know, we're playing with Dennis Chambers, and, and there, when he did some of his drum solos, or, or, you know, there's always some parts in his drum solos where he goes rubato. And I remember me and Jeff asked him, is there a certain part of your kit we should be listening to that would help us you know, be able to play this ostinato figure or something, or if we've got a big space where we could come in together. And Dennis says, no, there's really not, because I'm playing rubato. So there's nothing for you to He's lock on He's playing against the groove that yeah. you guys are keeping. And, yeah. you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's a no. beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, he's been keeping a time while you play against yeah, it. Yeah, but then again, he's... it's his solo, not ours. So right. <laughs> he's well, welcome no, but... to do whatever he wants. Right, that's my point. I mean, he wants <laughs> right. you guys to keep the groove while right. he does what he wants to right. do it. And, and then that's, that, that. That, that's like a reversal of roles. And that's another beautiful thing in music. We all need yeah. to be able to, as guitar players, do the bass groove play the drum groove in a way or an ostinato kind of pattern that provides that function. Why? Because we're part of a team. And, and, and the more we're aware of all the parts that are inside it, the stronger we become, the more we learn, the more valuable we are to the rest of the team. Mm -hmm. And the more our music can be based on our imagination and creativity. Yeah. Well, I think we answered his question. You know, I think we beat the motherfucker down. With yeah, the I think, I think, I think. It's <laughs> just that you know, it's a, it's a pretty broad. The it's a pretty broad on. question, so it could be you yeah. know, you could you could think, okay, what is what's his real problem? It could be quite a few different things. He so I think probably we doesn't have a problem. His big problem is he's being judgmental. He needs to play more. That's right. and and by the way, I got to. Jason, I've never met you. I'm but. having an affair with your wife. <laughs> yeah. Jason, I've never met you, but man, you got some serious fucking problems, man. No, I'm having an affair with your, wet, your metronome <laughs> wife. And, uh, and by the it, way, she's, she's steady at least. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where to take it after that. <laughs> Buy a drum book, man. The Louis Belson. I had that one. The Louis That's Belson. a good one, that man. That's a good one. It's a great um, one. I gotta say, since and I hope the the listeners get. I'm sure they're getting this too. But it, since we've been doing this and hanging out and everything, I, you know, as a student and looking up to you guys as musicians and guitarists, we're always coming to you guys. How do we be better at this? And how do we better? How do I improve this? And all this technical and theory and blah blah. blah how often you guys stop us and which has been fantastic and remind us that it's be in the moment enjoy the music and be a part of the music and you guys seem to be on a deeper level thinking about music where i i know for myself and i'm sure other people know too that they get caught up in the technical and yeah, all the you, other bullshit you have you to be to but you have to be to some point i mean oh, for sure it, it's music's a language yeah 
you can't speak until you know some words. Yeah. So if you watch your girl, your little baby, mm-hmm. it's going to take her about six years to start talking. Yep. Right? And when she gets, she's going to learn how to talk. And by the time she's seven, she's going to sound like an adult. And you're going to go, holy shit. But it took seven years mm. to learn all those words and learn how to phrase them into sentences that sound like an adult. The music's no different. Yeah. You've got to learn the words. You've got to learn your arpeggios and your scales and your this and your that to make through the changes. And even if you're a blues player, you've got to learn all these wonderful blues phrases and, and nuances that these blues players do. Any kind of music has its vocabulary. And before you can totally forget about that vocabulary and just speak, you've got to learn the vocabulary. So it's not like there's not a technical scientific part to it. There is. No, it's it's, but it, that, it never ends. No, I mean, and that never ends. ends. If you think, right. I mean, we're old, right. so maybe we're we're, enab- we're able to be a little more ph- philosophical because we've been doing it longer, and and those things. But the fact is, is really you're right. Here's what it is, man. It's not about being good. It's about getting better. Oh, I like that. That's good. It's if you if you just lose this whole destination and think journey, you're going to enjoy the hard work he's talking about, learning the phrases. Wherever you are on the continuum, it's a beautiful place to be. It's it's a it's a luxurious baroque place to be. You could be over in some other parts of the world with bombs dropping on your damn head or people not letting you make music because it's against some religion. We are here stressing out like, God, I just played a B-flat over a G7, you know, I mean, or something. It's, it's all part, I mean, it's a wonderful thing we're experiencing. We're trying to make the music, music and world better through sound. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the journey. Forget the destination. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. That's true. And, and it goes advice. back to what I just said where there's a certain amount of technical stuff that you have to learn. But you could take that, say you've got from point A to point Z, of all the stuff in the world there is to learn. You could take any one of those points and stop you right there and say, now make what you know sound good. That's fun. That's the fun part. So whether you know a five-note blues scale or you have a vocabulary that's as big as Pat Metheny's, same thing applies. You've got to make that sound good. And that's fun. And yeah. that's, that's art. So if you apply art to whatever you know, you're in a great place. That's why I hate it when students or when, when people who don't think they're good say, well, I'm not good enough to be artistic. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you are. Yeah. You are. You just don't know it or you're just not realizing it or something. You, you, need to, you need to exercise that right brain no matter how much you know or you don't know. It doesn't really make any difference. I always tell people, you look at Albert King with his vocabulary, and then look at Bruce with his vocabulary. They're both great players. Why? Because they, they make what they do sound good, regardless of how much or how little they know. And, and that's the beauty of music. Just forget about all the technical shit and just have fun. Yeah. Now, if you want to learn how to play more technical shit, that's up to you. Me and Bruce will be learning new vocabulary until we're dead. Because that's the kind of players we are. We we've chosen to go into jazz, and we've ch- and we've and we realize how incredibly vast the jazz vocabulary is, and that no one knows the whole damn thing, and no one ever will. And we're constantly striving, 
to learn new shit because we're bored to death of what we play. So, <laughs> so we just keep wanting to learn new shit and new shit and new shit. But even if we didn't, if I stopped right now and said, I'm never going to learn another new thing in my whole life. I'm, I'm an old guy and I'm never going to learn another new trick. I would still try to sound good with what I have. Yeah, I'm an old guy yeah. and I keep forgetting the old tricks and relearning them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, that's it. It's going backwards now. I'm forgetting all of my tricks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I, I knew I, more well, when I, I was 20. I used to practice to get better. Now I think I practice to keep from getting worse. <laughs> yeah, right. I practice not to forget. You know, John McLaughlin said to me one time, he came to see me at a show one time and he said... Um, boy, I'd like to ask you some things, but I have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> and I said, and I said, you forgot everything I know 20 years ago. <laughs> Which brings me to a segment, a guy wanted to know some Johnny Mac stories. And I have some good ones. Give me the Johnny Mac. The Johnny yeah. McLaughlin stories. John McLaughlin. Right. Yeah. McLaughlin. The, here's the first one. I was out on the road um, at a festival, and I had dinner with with John and his sound guy. And it was, I can't remember who was with me. It might have been bass player. I can't remember. But anyway, he was talking about what they've been watching on YouTube. And the, the, the restaurant that we were eating in had Wi-Fi. And he said, check this out. And he showed us this YouTube video of Bruce Lee playing ping pong. And he's an incredible ping pong player. I saw that, yeah. So, yeah, we were, I was going, wow, that, that's amazing because this guy's he's incredible. And I said, i got to show you what we've been watching on YouTube. And we showed him what we were, were, have been watching a lot was a turtle fucking a shoe. <laughs> and it was, it, it, the turtle's trying to fuck this shoe. And it's making this sound like, as it's fucking this show. And I showed John McLaughlin and he said, whoa, that's way better than what we've been watching. <laughs> and another Johnny Mac uh, story is, is uh, I was backstage with him after he came to see me play in, uh, we're close to where he lives in Monaco. And I just asked him a question. I said, John, I've been meaning to ask you this question about the first tune on the Shakti Live album. And he goes, okay, what it is it? Uh, and I said, how do you play those rhythms? <laughs> Just this broad question. <laughs> and he said, well, it's either takamimi, 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 or takamimi, 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 takamimi. And I said, well, thanks. That totally takes care of that. Thank you for explaining that to me. <laughs> it's a great moment. <laughs> And then my last story... Was he endorsed story, by Takamini? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then my, my, my last story is, is really great because I was in the audience just walking around hanging out and a fan came up and asked for my autograph and John was standing right next to me. <laughs> and I said to the guy, do you have any idea who this guy is standing right here and you want my autograph? And the guy just looked up and had no expression on his face whatsoever. Like he didn't recognize John at all. And John said, just sign the fucking thing. 
<laughs> and I was just kind of blown away because he's been one of my heroes forever. And I'm like, I am not signing an autograph while John McLaughlin's standing right here next to me. And this guy doesn't know John John McLaughlin is. That just kind of blew me away. <laughs> silly. I like that. That's a good story. I like anyway, John's Max. a fun guy, man, and he's a really good hang. Fun guy to hang out with, and he's a. You would think of him as being a very serious cat, but he's, he's got a great sense of humor, and he's he, a funny guy. Where's he from? From England. He's a pom. Yeah. Pommy. And yeah. what a what a what a motherfucker musician. Yeah. A great musician. All right, that, that's another show, and until next week, uh, yeah, <laughs> say goodbye, Bruce. Reservoir. Scott. See you later, alligator. <laughs> After a while, crocodile. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right, guys. That was another great show. Appreciate it. And until next week's show, Scott, say goodbye to our lovely viewers. Peace. Sir Bruce. Keep picking that thing. It'll never heal. <laughs> until next week's show. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll see you then. Okay. <laughs> all right. Guys, great show. Thank you for talking with us, and uh, we'll see you all next week. Bruce. I bid you all fondue. Later, bitches. <laughs> Later, guys. All right. That was a great show again, and uh, we will see you next week. Thanks, Scott. I quit. <laughs> I want more money. <laughs> I'm out of here next week. Thank you. All right. That was a good show. And, um, yeah, we'll talk more about all that crap next week, I guess. Thanks, Chris. You're welcome, Troy. See you later. Scott, always a pleasure. You guys suck. (laughs) Thank you. Guitar wank out.